everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I just stopped in the middle of that. Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. The only other one. <laughs> on this on this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. James, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'd like to have a fun little moment here, right? Okay. Yep. Um, so... Two, two very fast notes. One of the shows that I used to do uh, was a show called Journey Under 30, which was a show mm-hmm. about friend of the show, part of the network, Alex Taylor and I making it on to uh, the Forbes 30 Under 30. Right. Unfortunately, neither of us got there. We did end the show because obviously it ran its, to, to its conclusion. Right. But normally we would actually put out an episode the day after this episode airs uh, because mm-hmm. that is Alex and mine shared birthdays. February 21st um, is the birthday for Alex and me. This episode is airing on February 20th. So I'd like to kind of give myself a happy birthday. But the only reason why I want to point it out is that currently, you know, once this episode is essentially out for a day, I will be turning 31. So for the next few episodes, I will be 31 in 31. I love that. I just thought it was a nice little way to to commit to the bit of being a part of this show. I figured I would just, while we're spending some time in 1931, I would hit 31 uh, years of age. Also kind of fun because you also pointed out a couple of days ago that we were at the 91st anniversary and I was born in 1991. So just kind of a whole you know thing that really connects this whole show back to specifically me. Yeah, um, love it. So, yeah, that's all. You know, I'm kind of playing the James card right now. You know what? I This does feel pretty powerful. I see why you do it. Mm. Mm. What's the James card? You know, when you're like, because I'm the best. You know, oh, I, I, I can't think of a good, I think, can't think of a good example <laughs> of this. But like, you know, when you're like, because they're fans of me. And I go, mm, and you go, mm, mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel powerful. 2-20-2022 is a palindrome. It is, yeah. Pretty great, huh? And I'm trying to think. I'm worried that it's not one of those things where, yeah, every every day in the month of February is a palindrome. It's not because it's 2022. Mm-hmm. Love that. Anyways, um, and that's my contribution. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Because you're my palindrome. Oh, that was Aww. cute. Good job, James. I like Thanks. that one a lot. Um, but you know what? Now that I've done... You finished patting myself on the back and, you know, you all have finished uh, sending me birthday cards and finding something on like Amazon to send to my you know P.O. box or whatever. Um, I will be expecting those in the mail. Um, thank you in advance. Um, I'm kidding. Please, please do not. That would actually I would feel embarrassed, I think. Oh, OK. Hold on. So, OK. Yeah, James, go ahead and cancel that. <laughs> well, hang on. Is it Spider-Man? Is it, it from Spider-Man? Uh, Tom, you, you, yeah, you don't have to come. No, you, you can. James, you're fine. You can keep going. Uh, this is for everyone else. <laughs> Um, no, but we are actually here to discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2. Look at how fast we're cruising. It's like we're Ooh. on a train cruising right through this episode, starting at 17 minutes and 20 seconds and ending at 19 minutes and 1 second. Here is what happens in that scene. We cut back to an elaborate setup at the bar. Koenig is confused, to say the least. He is out of his element. <laughs> thought that was a fun little Love joke, that. right? Love that, yep. 
it's also how I mostly looked at that chemistry set that I had at 10, where I was like, what am I doing? So after he's finished looking it all over, he looks to Colson and says, she really knows her onions. Which, by the way, I ding, didn't, ding, ding, ding. I didn't um, do any research for that because I'm pretty sure you already covered knowing your onions when we started this episode. Am I incorrect on that? I Hold on, I can check. I think that we... Um, I'm pretty sure you said the origin of that expression. I, but I don't know what that is, so I feel like maybe I oh didn't. Boy. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. We might have to do a quick Google in the middle of the episode. Well, I think I may have said we'll get to that. In, in a little bit. Oh, no. If that's the case, then I dropped the on. ball. I dropped the onion. Onions. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh-oh. I just okay. did on Music 1931. But Let's he do does. Quick. They do. Yeah. Let's not do a Google now because he, he says it again. And they're like, you said that before. What does that mean? In a little oh, bit. Do they really? Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. You've given me a get out of jail free card. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Happy birthday. Here we go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, what a great gift. Okay. Uh, yeah, Daisy... not, you don't have to come either. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I still want the Tom thing. All right, here we go. <laughs> Daisy asks Yo-Yo if she's okay. Yo-Yo's like, yeah, I'm fine. Just sort of shrugging it off. Daisy's like, okay, cool. Uh, that's weird because I definitely saw the bottle drop, which you could have stopped and you didn't. And Yo-Yo's like, I don't know what you mean. I just, I'm sorry. I, just, I mean, I just didn't see it in time. She's like, oh, really? Because you were staring right at it. And so there's kind of like an uncomfortable beat, especially as Daisy is really kind of grilling Yo-Yo, like in an almost uncomfortable way. And then Yo-Yo finally fesses up. I couldn't move. I froze. So now feeling kind of bad, Daisy's like, any idea why? (laughs) Uh, And then here's a statement that we're going to say and immediately move past because it's not the time to cover it. Uh, Yo-Yo says, maybe that thing inside me, the Shrike, maybe it messed me up. And before we can solve that mystery, Gemma Simmons has solved another. Mm. So she says, I know what it is. So everyone gathers around. By heating the compound inside an alcohol-based solution, I was able to produce a decomposition reaction. Separating and isolating, Koenig interrupts, you know, like a man would. Whoa, 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 cut to the chase. I'd like to get this package before Christmas. Okay, quick side note. Although extremely rude, and I really, truly hate when men interrupt women, uh, or honestly, when anybody interrupts anybody, which I do anyway. Um, I got to say, though, I do like that line. That is such good writing. Uh, I love that term. I'd like to get this package before Christmas. Really funny. Uh, Not funny, though, him interrupting. So Simmons, clearly frustrated with that, states, the compound is part of a formula that first appeared in Germany during World War II. Koenig nervously laughs, during World War II? I think you're half-cocked from the moonshine. It was synthesized by a German scientist named Abraham Erskine and first used by a man named Johann Schmidt. Daisy, just in shock, says, the Red Skull. Simmons finishes by saying, Freddy is about to deliver the key ingredient used to create the super soldier serum. Now, this would be such a perfect and like powerful ending, like with like a nice zoom as that statement is made. But of course, Koenig has to pipe in, uh, pipe up. I mean, one more time. You give a name like that to your juice, it better have a hell of a kick. Colson tells him, you have no idea. So, James, uh, obviously, we're not going to get into the Red Skull or Erskine because we haven't seen them yet, nor are we going to get into the Shrike. 
Um, so there you go. That's sort of uh, all things for the future. Shrike count two, I believe. And uh, yes, correct. Actually, I'm going to put Shrike. I've been I, I'm keeping track of when things are mentioned so we can mention that like we don't see it. Yeah. So I do have um, well, anytime anyone has mentioned it or appears at all. But I have put mm. the Red Skull and, and Erskine down because we're going to get to them soon. I am going to put mm-hmm. Shrike down. And I think we heard about them in the very first episode. But yeah, when um, we saw Yo-Yo getting uh, her new arms. Yeah. Um, so, um, now that we've covered all of that, um, I'd like to continue with Koenig's line of thinking. Um, so if you went back in time and you had to live in the prohibition and someone was like, Hey, uh, Mr. James, you know, you're real smart. You're real clever. Uh, we've got some new products and we need you to come up with some names for our brand or perhaps, you know, maybe some new slang terms even for moonshine and whiskey. Any of the above, whatever you know, your, whatever really strikes your fancy. What would you call it? Call moonshine and whiskey. Like what would be the new, the new, the new. Like buzzword if someone for- made like, let's say hypothetically, let's say they made a new type of booze. Like it's mm. like whiskey two point kind of thing. Right? Okay. So they want to name. Like they want Coke. a new thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But don't just call it new whiskey. New whiskey, <laughs> right? Right. Um, let's see. Hoover remover. <laughs> Helps you forget all of the travesties uh, caused by Herbert Hoover, or at least that Herbert Hoover took the blame for. If there was a logo on like the bottle, what would it look like? It would be. Uh, we're talking 1931 here, so so I got to do this like no, no whatever. Um, it would have it would be like sort of inverted like triangles where so it would look like the Hoover was going one way and remover was going the other way, but like they meet mm. they meet right here. Uh, that would be what I would do. And it would I be, like I, I'm picturing like just green and white. Oh, so you remind okay. people of money, the money that Herbert Hoover yeah. sucked up. Mm. It's a, Hoover good. is a British vacuum. Gemma Simmons, British. It all ties yep. in together. It all ties in together. Absolutely. Um, well, James, you've played my game, uh, yeah. but unfortunately there is actually another game that we need to address. Yeah. Um, because this is the second time I've done this now, which is, I created some notes for Who's Freddy, and then we didn't play. These are the Who's Freddy questions that we were supposed to do in the previous episode, um, if you would so indulge me on this one. Yes. Who's Freddy? Okay, so we're going to do two. So here's the first one. This Freddy was born in the late 70s to a large family. He was known to be quite daring and actually dropped out of school in order to start a very lucrative and extravagant business with his brother. Unfortunately, when the war came, his life was tragically cut short at an early age of 20. James, who's that Freddy? That would be Fred Weasley. That's wild and incredible. Okay. Um, I, I, tr- I really didn't give many things I thought really gave it away i think maybe the large family but immersing ourselves in harry potter my kids are super into it we've been watching this trivia show we played seen it that's just i'm that's just the environment that is out in my my daughter is like she was homesick today and she's like let's see which one will i watch like she is so (laughs) yeah the way i am with marvel movies all the time hmm which one will i rewatch for the 20th time let's go Mm. for sure for sure okay that was excellent that was an excellent clue however thank you here we go. Here's one more. This Freddy of the silver screen and stage is extremely notable. Although his Broadway debut was okay, 
He has stepped into many roles since then on stage that probably left him a rich man given his notoriety and potential to get a bigger payday. On screen, he's had sweet roles, he's had voice acting roles, and he's even proven to be quite the baddie. He's won so many awards for his acting chops that he probably would need more than just his two given arms to hold them all. James, who's Freddy? <laughs> So there's a there's a vignette in the movie Coffee and Cigarettes mm-hmm. um, where Alfred Molina is uh, <laughs> talking to someone whose name is escaping me. And he's basically saying, I just found out we're related. And it is the most awkward scene I've ever seen in my life to the point that my friends and I started to call started to say to pull a Molina was to instigate a very, very awkward situation. So the answer is Alfred Molina. That is absolutely correct. You know, truth be told, I added this one to uh, the thing, somehow forgetting about Alfred Molina, and I don't know how that's possible, but uh, we just rewatched um, Spider-Man No Way Home today. So mm. he was on the mind, and I was like, oh, of course, how, how yeah. could I have forgotten him? Let's absolutely. throw him in the mix. Yeah, absolutely, love it. And real quick note, and just in case, technically uh, it is... Tuesday, January 25th, but, you know, I'm still kind of including this as the January 24th recording session, mm-hmm. but I just want to let you know as to when we actually recorded this episode. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but Love it. James, now that we've done uh, my, my, oh, both of my little games, uh, yeah. I'm all finished up. So uh, if you've got some music of 1931 for us, I would love to hear it. Colin, up until now, the music of mm-hmm. 1931 has been from the Wikipedia entries on Pop music of 1931 and blues music of 1931. There is one entry in the music of 1931 for country music of 1931, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about When Your Hair Has Turned Silver by Frank Luther and Carson Robeson performing as Bud and Joe Billings. This song was released in on uh, January 23rd, 1931, and it was fun because I had to look up both the uh, Frank Luther bi- biography and Carson Robeson biography, and a kind of timeline scavengers the story into one story. Car- they're both from Kansas. Carson J. Robeson was born in Oswego, Kansas. Uh, he was the son of a champion fiddler. He became a professional musician in the American Midwest at the age of 15, primarily as a whistler, working with Wendell Hall, quote, the redheaded music maker, on the early 1920s music hall circuit. He worked as a singer and whistler at radio station WDAF. He was a professional whistler. Yeah. That, he was born in 1890. In 1899, Frank Luther, uh, actually Frank Luther Crow, I believe was his name. Uh, he was born on a farm near Lake in Kansas, 40 miles from the Colorado border. He began to study piano at age of six, improvising his own music when repetitious exercises bored him. And he began vocal instruction at 13. When he was 16, he toured the Midwest as a tenor with a quartet called the Meister Singers. He began studying at the University of Kansas, but attended a revival meeting conducted by evangelist Jesse Kellums and accepted an offer to become his musical director. During a, cubs- a subsequent stop in Iola, Kansas, Crow was ordained despite his never having studied for the ministry. 
1924, Robeson moved to New York City and was signed to his first recording contract with the Victor Talking Machine Company because they didn't know what records and stuff were. Um, <laughs> they just talking machine. It was like, we, this is not going to be a thing. Also that year, uh, he started a professional collaboration with Vernon Dalhart, one of the era's most notable singers. And until just now, I have read that name several times and read it as Vera every single time. So Vernon Dalhart, huh. probably a guy and not a girl. Um, I, we, we don't know, but but it just changed in my head. Sure. Uh, through this relationship, Robeson had success mainly as a songwriter, but also as a musician, accompanying Dalhart on guitar, harmonica, whistling, and harmony vocals. You know that he was whistling. He was the Andrew Bird of his time, because 1931, not yet. Um, Andrew Bird is a singer who is known for his whistling. Hmm. Among other things. Also writes good songs. All right. So then 1928 with uh, with Crow, Frank Luther, he dropped the name Crow um, uh, before he started making it famous. In 1928, with his singing only gradually returning to top form um, after he went to, into ministry and became that, Frank met and became acquainted with fellow Kansan Carson Robeson, who had teamed with tenor Vernon Dalhart, to make many dozens of top-selling recordings of rural American favorites, shortly to be known as the trade in the trade as hillbilly music. After Dalhart mm-hmm. made a personnel change without consulting Robeson, Robeson and Dalhart were ser- severing their recording p- partnership, and it was suggested that Luther listen to some Dalhart records and seek to approximate his style. From 1928 to 1932, Frank Luther recorded country music with Carson Robeson, and in their recordings for Victor Records, Luther also used the alias Bud Billings, and Carson used the alias Joe Billings. I could mm-hmm. find... Basically, no information other than it was a 78 uh, RPM 10-inch record. Um, it was a song, a country song that many other people have done. Perry Como was one in like the 50s, did a version of this. But this is early country. This is like before country and western was country and western. This is country music, not country and western music, because they hadn't combined the genres yet. And that's uh, music of 1931, When Your Hair is Turned to Silver by Bud and Joe Billings, a.k.a. Frank Luther and Carson Robeson. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, James. Absolutely. Um, Shall I do some social media before my hair turns to silver? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Let's do that. Especially now that it's my birthday. You know, I feel I feel like I feel it coming on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have a Twitter handle for this show, which is at Timeline Scav. We also have a Twitter handle for the podcast network we are on, which is the Scavengers Network. You can find them on Twitter at ScavengersNet. You can find Colin on Twitter at Colin M. Parker, C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. Oh, thank you. James, you know, I think people might want to find you too. So they can find you at Unabashed James. That's right. That's right. But who they really are here to find the Twitter information Mm. for is... Nick Bermald, who did the beginning music and the ending music to all of our podcasts that we've made for this so far. Um, you can find him on Twitter at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or at NickBermaldComposer.co.uk. Colin, yes. we are revving up on this train to the end of 1931. Ooh, we certainly are. We are carrying some uh, uh, super serum laden beers to the next uh, movie. And not beers, but like booze. Listen, I, I can drink. tell you don't drink because, yeah, very different uh, bottles. Alcohol. When you said uh, if you were in prohibition, I was like, and doing fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought that was why it was going to be so much fun. Was I was like, James is not going to know what to name an alcohol. 
So, yeah. like, let's see what happens here. And all I did was uh, repurpose the Rage Against the Machine lyric. Okay, so... Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, Hoover, he was a body remover. Uh, but that's a different Oh, okay. They're related, though, and they look exactly alike. Anyways, uh, that's going <laughs> to okay. do it for us uh, for today. Uh, as always, and as ever, and as possibly I have been, I'm James Anderson. And just for today, I'm the birthday boy. Hey! Okay, uh, no, I'm going to do a real one. Okay. And I'm Colin Parker. Colin, mm-hmm. happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Colin. Thank you. Excelsior. Previously on Finish It. I jump on the woolly mammoth. Very nice. Eventually, you become captain of your own ship. You become the captain of your own (laughs) ship? Life is harsh and simple with the cave people. No, boy. Vampire advances toward you step by step by step. The usual way. (laughs) Does that sound like fun? Yes, it does. I'm Matt Yule. And I'm Chris Yule. And on our podcast, Finish It, we're going through all the interactive fiction books ever. And we read every single page, and we don't stop until we got every drop. We're going to juice these books. Find us at finishitpod.com or finish it on any pod catcher. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.